Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how is this release day treating you, man? The excitement is, to be fully honest, higher than it's been in a long, long time. Yeah. I think we are just thrilled about uh, what we're going into this season. Yeah. It's been great. And honestly, that's been a pattern of the last few weeks. Like you went on vacation. Mm -hmm. I'm going on a little vacation as well here in about two weeks. So we're both getting the mental reset from work and podcasting and stuff. But we were talking a bit about kind of like the state of Apex in the future, kind of like behind the scenes. And I think where we both kind of settled is with this season and then joining the EA Creator Network and the opportunities that have come with that. It's been great. Apex is as good as it's ever been. And we love the podcast and we're as passionate as we've ever been on talking about Apex. So it's all good vibes over here at the third party. (laughs) I think it also, it's so accurate and what exactly what we were feeling and saying to each other, but our expectations were just getting so low (laughs) and then to get blown out of the water with, with these results, that really made a big difference on just our excitement level, our enthusiasm, mm-hmm. and I think this is going to be a great episode. Yep. Like I can just tell you that right I, now. I guess for anyone that hasn't put two and two together, today we're reacting to the latest season in Apex Legends, season 14, Hunted. And yeah, one of our favorites thus far. And we're excited to dive into it. Before we do, though, we want to make sure you join us on Discord to ask questions for the podcast, chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Please also follow us on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche and at HP Burrison. Links for the Discord and those Twitters are in the description as always. If you want to support the third-party podcast, you love Apex, you love this season, and you want more content and want to support us continuing to do this, please check out our Patreon. We officially overhauled the entire thing. It looks so much better. We've changed a lot of the benefits, uh, kind of pared things down to what our patrons actually used and valued. I'm really happy with it. Um, we were able to reinstate the exclusive merch mm-hmm, that we do mm-hmm. uh, for our patrons. So, so if you, <laughs> it, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Shay and I both wear ours and we like it a lot. Cool uh, custom Wraith uh, shirt design that was designed by a listener. Uh, and the only way to get it is to be a patron. So if any of that sounds good or you just want to check out our new page, We'd love it if you if you see that in the link description. Yeah. Let's dive into this link episode though. You got it. It was close enough. You got it. I think they got the You point got there. it. But yeah, well, we're gonna dive into it. And I think let's give a little overarching of like kind of just over bird's eye view on the season because we said at the top, we're both loving it. Great season. I think you said it very well by saying the expectations weren't super high. And so being blown out of the water like this is awesome. Here's the thing. This season, I know is not going to be for everyone. And for the reasons we've talked about on previous shows and behind the scenes, the just abundance of new content is not always there. Like the number of POIs shifted on Kings Canyon is not huge. Like a new legend, cool, awesome, that's normal, but no new weapon, not like we're getting a new map or anything. But to me, what 
has really made this season so incredible is just the number of overall healthy changes to the games. Uh, we were blown away by how long the patch notes were. And we've always said like, Legend and weapon balancing is our favorite thing to look at going into a season. And they did so much uh, to both those sides of things and more than they've done in a long time, which is really just all been in the name of positivity, I think. And so we're we're really dang excited looking at it. It was hilarious. We were reading through the patch notes multiple times, doing double takes because it was like read through. Wait, I missed that big ring change that actually really alters yeah. the game. Like there was just so many things tucked into these patch notes that are really going to change Apex. And they weren't the highlights. And I don't see people talking about them on Twitter. So I'm excited to highlight them on this show today. Yeah, I think... For a long-time listener, you've been listening since like season 11 or before, maybe you're like, well, Henry, maybe you like this season for one reason and one reason only. G7's back. That's a big deal. There's a lot of amazing weapon changes, but that is just not all. There's so many changes. I don't want to slow us down anymore. We have a lot to get to, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you that we're a hot We are hot on this season, not just because of the G7. There's a lot going on here. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of it, and we'll start with the patch notes. First of which, King's Canyon update. Uh, We're not going to dive too deep in this, though. We talked about it last week, and we're going to be doing a full ranked guide for next week as well. Uh, So you're really going to get all our thoughts on Kings between last week and next week's episodes. But a little first impressions time, uh, because I think you and I both really do want to highlight the skybox and the lighting changes mm-hmm. because my oh my it feels like a different map to me the greens it's beautiful uh, i'm falling in love with the nostalgic king's canyon all over again uh, because of so many of the little changes they made around the map but that lighting is just takes the cake for me yeah i mean they've done a lot of small changes it does feel like the most aesthetically different map changes they've ever done to an individual map. Um, We've been able to spot now three of the jump Mm -hmm. towers that were removed. Um, One of them being right up in between rig and capacitor, one being outside of capacitor towards cage, and then the other one that we spotted is at the southern watchtower outside of repulsor. Um, I think there's one or two others that we haven't Mm -hmm. seen yet not be there, but there's just so many changes outside of you know school town being back uh like we talked yeah. about yeah so we'll dive into it deep next week and you'll be able to hear everything about how we play the map and if you want kind of our thoughts on the individual changes take a listen to last week's episode uh next thing in the patch notes though we got vantage the new legend coming to the games uh, another one where honestly we were very lucky to attend the ea press event and so we were able to break down a lot of things vantage for you last week and on saturday mastering vantage will be coming out and so we're going to give full in-depth breakdowns there what are your first impressions though of maybe playing vantage a little bit but also just seeing vantage and hearing the voice lines all that kind of fun stuff yeah first impressions the ultimate sniper is very very good it is extremely strong in pretty much any situation you throw it in, whether it's BR, arenas, like it's a very strong uh, weapon and ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a ton of fun. And that sniper is awesome. I'm excited to kind of dive into the numbers behind it and uh, talk about everything on Mastering the Legends. 
Let's talk about the rank changes, though, that went down this season. This was one of the things I missed on the first read-through, but we got some pretty big stuff here. Um, Entry cost, plus five to all uh, to enter into your ranked matches, which I think we'll we'll kind of break this down in the future as well and kind of get in-depth on it. But that's not like a small change by any means. Um, But the big stuff, kill RP. They removed diminishing returns on eliminations, which is something you were so noteworthy of for saying, this isn't really like unlimited KP, unlimited RP because of the diminishing returns. Now that we don't have that, it's going to be really interesting to see how the, the system kind of ends up falling to be. Yeah. And as a reminder, before this season, all throughout season 13, once you got a seventh kill, that was worth at best 20% of the KP mm-hmm. value. So you really weren't getting the points that you maybe thought you deserved or thought you even mm-hmm. had. Now you do. So we have uncapped KP. You can have a 10, 20 kill game and get a ton of yeah. points. Like, this you'll be able to climb a lot faster entry cost going up per tier definitely can compound a little bit but the kill change i think it's pretty drastic it's going to be really interesting and then in terms of the ranked reset uh no changes there they're resuming the ranked reset of uh six divisions which is kind of what we've uh, been accustomed to so a little change there um season 13 though we were actually shared some ranked results i know it's something you've been uh, asking for for a while very politely because it's been a long time coming since i think we've seen it uh what were kind of your first impressions of seeing them getting them uh any first thoughts because we're going to talk about it on the king's canyon episode like in depth comparing the last two previous seasons and such next week yeah the first impressions were that beginning of last season the rank system was rocked out of this yeah. world. Like the distribution was absolutely messed with in a drastic way. And then at the split, it was corrected uh, in a lot of ways. It was not like reverted back to, you know, season 12, which I'm happy about that there is still, you know, forward momentum in ranked. But uh, there's a lot to go into. I'm really happy that we now have some data behind how ranked is going because we've had a lot of changes ever since season 11 and had no idea if it was accomplishing the goals that they outlined totally with that though we're going to dive into the balancing updates the big stuff all the fun stuff that's really impacting the day-to-day of the game starting with the weapons we got the laser sights added reducing hip fire spread getting to use them react first reactions what are your thoughts? This has kind of been, I think, the big, the big thing that's taken people's uh, attention right now in Apex. For justifiably good reason, I think. <laughs> yeah, I had low expectations for this. I didn't think it was going to be very impactful. My first impressions are this is a very powerful hop-up. It's definitely going to affect the entire game. Um, I think that we now have it locked in for sure that we will be doing a future episode in the near future, breaking down exactly how laser sights affect the weapon meta, exactly what they do, how to maximize them. Um, yeah, spoiler alert, hip firing is very, very yeah. powerful in this game. 
and the laser sights amplify that. And the next two changes that we're going to read off um, kind of enforce uh, the impact of yeah, the fire. I mean, the range at which you can hit fire feels like it's been increased with the laser sights. And one thing I said to you, I think one of the early games is that we've always talked about how powerful hip firing can be. But not everybody does it, and we don't even instinctively do it, even when we maybe should. But having the laser sight really pushes you to hip fire, and I think that's going to be a big advantage just mentally for people using this attachment now in games. You were hinting at it, though. The other changes that we got that kind of relate to this is that the SMGs they had their base fire hips, their base hip fire spread increased. Obviously, they're getting the laser sights to kind of offset that, so a little balancing there. And then the ARs are having their base hip fire spread increased as well, which is what I'm loving about this season is I think we are classifying the weapons in their categories. ARs are moving more towards the assault rifles, not as much hip fire capability, not as much close range capability, still flexible. They're an assault rifle for sure. It's not like you're using an LMG or a marksman, but the SMGs are really now getting pushed to no barrel stabilizers, so you're going up close, up close and personal. And I like that kind of division between why and how you use each weapon. I love it. And I think coming off of last season where we did kind of the same thing for LMGs, we are having forward progress. Uh, mm-hmm. I really love it. Yeah. They also made some changes to sniper ammo overall, making it a bit more valuable. Sniper ammo inventory stacks increased uh, to 28 from 24. And sniper ammo boxes now contain 14 rounds instead of 12. Any thoughts? I mean, is this to offset the big wingman change that we'll talk about in a little bit as well? Or are we just giving some more love to the snipers for the people that are you know, perched at the top for a long period of time right now? <laughs> I think this has everything to do with the wingman um, because you're actually going to pick up sniper ammo now. It needed a little bit of a lift in order to make it work with that weapon in particular and i think this is a a net positive for all the snipers because Mm -hmm. sniping is very powerful in this game unlike most shooters like sniping is very fun and rewarding and fair you're not having you know a lot of one shot kills but you can snipe effectively in this game like all three sniper rifles are very powerful obviously the kraber has that fourth one yeah but this all is positive for mm-hmm. the sniper class. Let's talk EVA 8. Big buffs on the EVA 8. Improved recoil. The EVA 8 now takes stocks. They removed one pellet from the blast pattern. The fire was increased to 2.3 from 2.0. The pellet damage increased to 7 from 6. The bolt rate of fire bonuses increased. So white goes from 1.1 to 1.1 is what we have in this document. Can you double check that one for me? Real quick. And then the blue is 1.15 to 1.2. And purple is 1.2 to 1.3. So truly, we're looking top to bottom at overall just a huge buff to the EVA 8, which is great because I I look at this and maybe you can say otherwise. uh, And I'll love to hear your opinion on it. I don't see this as like, hey, the EVA is like automatically better than the Peacekeeper. But I think now you have two shotguns to kind of choose from, which is what kind of always should be rather than having one that's just reigning supreme over everything else. Totally. I can confirm the patch notes are there's no change on the white bolt, Okay, um, but you're definitely going to feel those changes as you go up in rarity. 
Um, the PK has always and will always be the best sniper at doing big chunk damage the at the longest range. What did I say? It says sniper, which is like I, I didn't correct you. I it's wanted a, to give it a second because I, I didn't know where you were going with the choke. Sometimes people use it at range. so <laughs> It's true. But I love that we're kind of derailing this because <laughs> we don't need to tell people to use the EVA. Yeah. People have never fully embraced the EVA. Even when it was in its now second strongest state, it still was not very popular mm-hmm. because it doesn't do those 100 damage shots like in the past the PK has, Mastiff has. It hasn't hit as hard. These buffs are stupidly powerful. Like This is the shotgun I think you should be picking up. Mm-hmm. I think you should be pinging it out. And it's insane to me the degree at which they wanted to lift this weapon up. So this Mm -hmm. won't be the last time you've heard it from us, but definitely use this weapon Mm -hmm. because like, even just on the reload speed now that it has the stock, that's why it got it so they can reload faster. It's just, it's crazy how much they did. This is a lightning fast weapon. You add the double tap on it and I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you can even compare it. We'll do some numbers, but I think this is heads and shoulders above in terms of if you want a powerful, consistent, fast time to kill, forgiving shotgun, you go straight to this weapon and you don't look back. I hope I can use it. I've always struggled with using the EVA, just hitting shots and landing them. So uh, Fully auto. Yeah, I, Easy. we'll see. We'll Eight see. shots, no problem. Maybe this is the season I could turn around, though. I'm probably going to wind up using this other gun more, though. The Vol SMG, which is on the ground in the same state as when it went into the pack, minus those kind of hip fire and uh, laser sight changes. But the damage was reduced to 15 from 17, and they reduced the magazine size from 28 to 26. Rejoice. We have a reason to carry energy ammo. We have a reason to carry the Havoc and the L-Star and the Triple Take into from the early game to the mid game looking for that volt i think in pretty much all of our games so far today you or i have run the volt because it is just a massively fun weapon uh any first impressions on where you think it might slide into the smg meta which we'll be diving into deeper in the future i'm willing to bet that it's gonna be pretty dang high Mm -hmm. i it's very competitive like the volt coming back only makes it uh, even tighter race for the single best SMG. But for a player like myself, I think the Volt will probably be a favorite, especially with the laser sight, because this is just such a high damage SMG and it has solid range with a very controllable rate of fire. But being able to have like the energy weapon, muzzle flash, mm-hmm. crazy, uh, like hit fire spread, being able to hone that in with the laser sight, firsthand experience day one, it's insane with the purple laser. Yeah. Like, I think that's where this is going to shine. And yeah, like I said, I don't think either of us are going to stop using this weapon mm-hmm. this season. Another one, though, that we probably won't stop using this season, we might be talking favorite loadout right here, G7 Scout, back on the ground. I love your note in the show, Doc. The same as when it wrongfully entered the care package Uh, back in the day they reduced the damage to 34 from 36 
the headshot multiplier was reduced to 1.75 from 2.0, and the double tap hop up burst fire delay increased to 0.4 from 0.375. Henry, give your ode to the G7. Feel free to yeah. take the floor here. I'll try to keep it brief. I'll try to keep it brief, we'll but no see. promises. <laughs> We're going to talk about the G7 more because I think a lot of people have forgotten, but I also think that some people never really appreciated this weapon in its heyday. Now, full transparency, it's back to exactly the same state as when it left. So I was, a lot of these numbers weren't exactly laid out for us because when the G7 went into the care package, it wasn't very popular because it was wrongfully put in. And then they buffed it two consecutive times. They reverted all those consecutive buffs. So it's back to where it should be. It's in a very powerful state. This is an incredible weapon. We'll be talking about it more. I, all I, got, I mean, you can trust me or you cannot trust me, <laughs> but you're going to get some data to back it up next week. Yep. Next two, we got the Wingman. Now uses sniper ammo magazines and the Spitfire. Uh, now uses light ammo and light magazines. And they also adjusted the recoil to increase vertical barrel climb on the Spitfire. Putting those two together because we talked about them in depth last week and we'll talk about them more going into the future. Uh, I'll say actually playing with it though, Wingman is a great weapon. And I like the changes to tons. I'll reiterate that, but still a strong weapon and uh, one I would recommend using if it was your forte uh, previously as well. But what are kind of your first thoughts on these guys in game? Yeah, at least on day one, st- still seeing a lot of wingman use. Like I think if there are still issues with the wingman, just decreasing the spawn rate mm-hmm. uh, would help a lot. Um, with the Spitfire, I think it's both of these, I think, are a little bit awkward changes for most people, but I think they're pretty intentional. Sad thing I think about the Spitfire and LMGs in general is that having no barrel stabilizer on the Spitfire, not having the rampage and rotation, having the devotion in the replicator for at least this first split means Spitfires are not really for ranged activities anymore. Like, it's just not going to happen. And that's kind of sad. I don't think that's going to change. So that time has left. Yeah, it's No a, longer suppressing people and dealing tons of damage at range. Yeah, it's very much like a short medium range gun now. Like it, yeah. it has a weird spot for sure. Um, it, it's not one that we're picking up all the time right now. We got some more fun changes though. We got the 3030 repeater. The dual loader has now been worked into the base 3030 and it now takes the new skull piercer as well. We're going to talk about the skull piercer in a little bit, but 3030 getting some kind of like love outside of buffs, which is fun to use. And as a 3030 fan, uh, I'm looking forward to enjoying this weapon and seeing how it competes against the G7 back on the ground again. <laughs> totally. L Star, the buff, they increased the projectile speed again. I think this is either the second or third time it feels like they've done this. They increased the number of shots before overheat at base to 24 from 20, and they removed the bright red flash when hitting non-armored targets. I gotta say, haven't had the opportunity yet to use the L-Star after these changes. I do look forward to trying it, though, because these seem like kind of positive changes that could make the gun a bit better. Not sure if you had the opportunity to run it by chance, though, yet. Not sufficiently to have a, a educated uh, mm-hmm. opinion on it, but I think they are pretty positive. Yeah. You know, 
considering where LMGs are at large. Oh, start not too bad for that super close range, maybe secondary high magazine weapon. Uh, I think it could be fun to use. Yeah. Uh, next change, car SMG. Got a slight little nerf. No longer takes barrel attachments, so stabilizers and lasers. Uh, still a very strong weapon all around. Uh, as far as we know, it doesn't get the barrel stabilizer because it's seen as the best and most powerful uh, SMG, and it would be too powerful if given that. So uh, don't be afraid of using the car, I still think is kind of my takeaway from this change specifically, though. Its massive advantage is the light and heavy, Mm -hmm. you know, ability. And I'm curious to run the numbers later on in the season to see kind of where the SMG meta is, but there's a lot of good choices. Yeah. There's a lot of good choices. It's not just the car anymore. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Uh, RE45, a little buff. They increased the iron sight field of view to 70 to be consistent with other pistols, and they increased strafe speed by 5% to be consistent with other pistols. Did you know it wasn't consistent with other pistols uh, before this? Because I know we talked I about knew. it a little bit, but like it's not something we had like zeroed in on as like a big thing for this weapon. <laughs> I remember picking up on the strafe speed being not consistent between the SMGs and the pistols, kind of it sitting on in between both camps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I think that th- this is a, a mobility buff, and it's probably at a good time. Yeah. Sentinel, Dead Eyes Tempo, worked into the base Sentinel. Are you hyped about this one, Henry, as a big Dead Eyes Tempo fan? It's good. We'll we'll get to the the kind of the hop up changes, but I think having the dual shell built right into the thirty thirty and the dead eyes integrated into the sentinel, I love it. Mm-hmm. Got no problem with that. It makes them both more fun and less looting, which is I think what we all want. Let's talk care package weapons. The bow check bow enters the care package and damage at full draw increased to seventy from sixty. The tempo draw speed increased to 0.38 from 0.32. The shatter caps pellet damage increased to 12 from 11. The fired ammo can no longer be collected. The arrow spawn has also been removed from the loot floor. Uh, We also have rampage LMG changes. Entered the care package. Damage increased to 28 from 26. The rampage now also comes with a thermite grenade. And mastiff also got a change as well. Projectile growth was reduced. The base fire rate was reduced to 1.1 from 1.2, and the dual loader was removed from it in the care package. Reactions from these three kind of care package weapon adjustments entering and now being buffed accordingly or nerfed for the first time also with the Mastiff. Yeah, the slight Mastiff nerf is definitely a shocker. I have a hot take on the care package. Okay. I think this is the strongest care package lineup we have had in over a year, but I think it will be the least popular care package in over a year. I think that out of this, you are not going to get a lot of people picking up the Mastiff, Rampage, the Bow. It's tough because I think they're all kind of those fringe weapons that people don't like. Some people just, it doesn't make sense for them to pick up a Mastiff. Um, ever, especially yeah. in the earlier mid game. Um, but why I say this is so powerful is the bow is in a very powerful state, even more powerful than the first week or two uh, when it was introduced into the game. It's a very fun, powerful weapon. The rampage damage per second and time to kill is 
the most disgusting thing ever <laughs> with these changes. But no one's going to pick it up, so it's not a big deal. But if you are educated and willing to use the Rampage, please pick this weapon up and pop that Thermite in there because I think this will be more strong than the Devotion when it went into the care package. Mm-hmm. Not the same hip fire potential, perhaps, but in terms of just ADS damage output, this thing is a beast. Yeah. But nobody's going to use it. <sighs> I'll use it and I'll happily pick you it should. up from anyone else. And uh, yeah, this is. Call me, call me Hawkeye. It's bow freaking season again. Um, mm-hmm. And it was always bow season, honestly. Strong weapon, but it's in its uh, very, very good state. And so I'm excited to dive into this one. Let's talk hop-ups, though. Uh, they removed the Deadeye's Tempo and Shatter Caps from Floor Loot. The boosted loader has reduced to epic quality from Legendary. The double tap returns, which adds a burst fire mode to the EVA 8 and the G7 Scouts. So when you shoot one shot, that essentially fires two. And the Skull Piercer has returned with a 35% headshot damage increase on the Longbow, Wingman, and 30-30 Repeater. Uh, share some stuff on the Skull Piercer because I think we need to with uh, Imperial Hal going on. Uh, stream and hitting people for 113 in the firing range to the head uh, causing a bit of uproar you guys come here for the numbers and kind of the truth behind things so break down the the skull piercer on the wingman specifically it's very confusing and misleading like no no disrespect to the ceo Mm -hmm. it it's very hard to understand this hop up in general and the firing range is complicated if you don't know there are no helmets on the dummies in the firing range. Now, another fun fact, helmets are massively impactful to the game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of insane. Some people don't kind of realize how much a helmet protects you from those big headshots from high damage weapons like snipers or maybe the wingman. Um, 35% more headshot damage with this hop-up. Not as valuable as it looks. What I find so interesting is that they pulled the boosted loader down from gold mm-hmm. into a purple mm-hmm. and they kept the skull piercer at gold. I have been wanting the skull piercer to be at purple for the longest time and they just refuse. It's kind of this shiny thing. Was it not, Don't let it distract Was you. it not purple one season? I, thought, I felt like it was. Maybe I'm making that up though. A while back. Um, don't could have maybe in the very very beginning um but it hasn't in the longest time the actual truth about with helmet damage wingman headshot with a common helmet you know you're you're shooting a common helmet it's going to do 69 damage with the skull piercer and 63 without we're talking an indetectable amount of damage increase if it, they have a purple helmet, you're going to do 99 to the head or 86 without. So you know, these numbers are kind of confusing in terms of how much the wingman is going to, or how much the skull piercer is going to impact the wingman. Um, but because helmets are in the game, if you have a hop up that gives you a percentage increase, the percent decrease that helmets provide is going to counter it. So the, the simple number is 35% increased headshot with the skull piercer, but helmets do 20% additional protection, 
50% additional protection, and then 65% additional protection at the gold and purple level. So this isn't like a must pick up. And if you ask us, you're probably want to going to stick with the boosted loader on the wingman mm-hmm. than go to the school piercer. But they, there may be more to come from this as we progress through the season. Yeah. You were correct. The school piercer was epic in season one and only season one. So back in the day, I'm glad I wasn't going crazy. Way, though. way back. Way back. Uh, some miscellaneous balancing changes. Uh, Gold Gear stuff. Spoke about it last week. If you want our thoughts, check out the last episode. We kind of broke it down in depth. Uh, still a fan though. Uh, Arcstar reduced stick damage on armor to 10 from 40. They removed the aim slow on stick that remains on detonation though. And the detonation damage increased to 75 from 70. Um, I know we haven't really like complained about the Arcstar uh, too much, honestly. And it's a pretty hot topic. Uh, but I will say for the people that have been frustrated with the arc star for a long time and the sticking ability of it and how it's like a instant end of the fight. Uh, I understand the desire for these changes and I, I hope this kind of does that for people. Uh, and overall, you know, the, the competitive scene and high levels of ranked will be able to benefit from this. I like the offset of giving it a little bit more uh, damage on explosion uh, as well to kind of offset the stick stuff. I think this change is really targeted at the very, very top of competitive. Um, I don't think it'll affect many other people. I'm a little bit sad that Apex has been chipping away at the the high skill, high reward uh, components in the game, but it is natural. It makes sense. And for longevity of the game from a competitive standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, They also made some changes to explosive holds. They added blue attachments to possible spawns, added laser sights to the pool, and reduced the spawn rate of gold magazines. Explosive holds are your baby, Henry. How do you feel? I'm sad about it. Um, I think holds were underused. We really capitalized on them. The gold uh, attachment spawn rate used to be absolutely insane. Um, And so we'll kind of see how this affects your ability to get gold magazines as we learn more in the season we get some more data um, from developers but still use explosive holds it's an amazing way of getting a little bit of ammo getting weapons that you want getting attachments that work Um, it's definitely worth the arc star uh, to open one of these up before we get into the rest of the changes including all the legend balancing though here's a quick word from our sponsors welcome back okay let's talk the big one Okay, the at least the popular one and the controversial one, Valk. Uh, Valk got the nerf through and through. Uh, I'll start at the top, VTOL jets. The acceleration on activation decreased by about 8%. The fuel consumption on activation increased by 33%. The aerial boosting and strafing takes a 20% debuff when hit by slowing effects. They added a third orange state to the fuel meter UI between the 60% and 30% green and red states. Uh, the missile swarm uh, got a change. The aim and turn slow was uh, removed. Uh, I think also that was pretty targeted at like the, I don't want to know if it was glitch or feature that allowed you to shoot the uh, missiles while you were running away from somebody as like a, uh, 
uh, what's it? I don't remember what the fighter jets, what it's called off the top of my head. Um, yeah, the flares. With the flares, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they also, uh, the move slow duration decreased from 2.5 seconds to 2 seconds, and they reduced the explosion radius from 175 to 125. Skyward Dive also got changed a little bit. Height reduction of 25% and launch time reduced from 5.5 to 5 seconds. So coupled with the height reduction, players in Valkult now travel upward at a slightly slower speed. Okay. They took every part of the kit and touched it a little bit. And, and not in the way we were actually expecting. Uh, I think you and I talked about on the show that we thought they were going to hit the recon element of her kit. Uh, what are your thoughts on seeing this? Is she unplayable? Uh, how do you kind of land on it with her? So this, like you said, is a top-to-bottom nerf. But taking a realistic stance on it, I think, looking at the passive, the main thing is they made it so that when you activate the jetpack, it consumes a little bit more fuel. Already, that activation did have a higher fuel cost. Now that's a little bit higher. Not a big deal. You can still jetpack around. It's going to be fast. It's going to be effective. Missiles got slightly nerfed, but they're still going to work at kind of hitting people behind a rock, behind cover in order to deal a little bit of damage, slow them for a little bit. Um, that's not the core of Valk's kit. Now, when it comes to the ultimate, we are not looking at a massive launch speed difference. Mm -hmm. I think just like always, you want to be cautious when you're using this to get out of a bad situation, whether it's a bubble, a building, you need to have protection. You always did, probably always will. This doesn't make it so that you're now going to be able to chase, you're going to be chased down more likely and not able to get the skydive off. Mm -hmm. The height reduction, this is an interesting kind of take point on the ability in general. Valk's ultimate used to be about 20% higher than most um, jump towers. Reducing it by 25% means we're really close to what a jump tower normally mm -hmm. is, about 90% of the average. And another fun fact, jump towers are different heights. So there's an average. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, though, from top to bottom, Valk is still very playable. I don't expect there to be a meaningful change to how she is played. Um, I think the question will be, is this enough negative publicity to bring her down in popularity and to bring other legends mm -hmm. up? is the bigger question. I think that's the great question that we're definitely going to see. Uh, I'm, I'm quite kind of excited to see the pros' reactions to this and how the esports scene yeah. is n not shaken up or shaken up. Uh, that's kind of my big focus because I think, generally speaking, you're not going to feel it immensely. But the pros might feel this. Like The pros will probably notice that 25% height reduction because if you watch ALGS, you know that a lot of these Valks, they have those rotations down to a science of how to just barely yeah. get over this mountain, just get to this area. Uh, and they're going to either have to relearn that entirely or say, hey, it's not worth it anymore. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to monitor. But yeah, if, if you bought the heirloom, I wouldn't worry too much. I think you can still have a great time playing Valk. Horizon. 
I think she maybe got hit even harder. Okay. Uh, maybe that's my hot take of this patch note season. But Horizon got some changes. The black hole. Adjustment to new tip box to make it destroying it more, more reliable. AKA they made it a little bit bigger. Uh, the black hole also. Newt takes 50% more damage from explosives. Um, what that does add up to is the fact that you cannot throw more than two arc stars on a newt before destroying it yourself with the impact of the uh, grenades. So no longer can you just ultimate grenade spam newt. And then Horizon's black hole is now susceptible to friendly fire and damage. So yourself and teammates, when you, you know, fire as hard as much as you can into that black hole you're gonna wind up destroying newt now i think this could really change how she's played and she had seen kind of a recent push back into the top levels of ranked and even a little bit into the esports scene i think this could really hurt her uh in that sense because of how she was being used kind of curious why this came all at once in this way this seems like a lot to change with this ability um but this this one to me seems pretty big. What, what do you think though? Do you want to play devil's advocate? Are you going to tell me it's not that big no. a deal? I I think it is big. I am not up in arms because I think this is pretty fair. I think that Horizon kind of boomed in popularity randomly, but the ultimate in combination with explosives from an entire team is, I think, the most oppressive thing in the game. Yeah. More oppressive than Caustic Gas, more oppressive than Revenant right now. It is extremely hard to counter if a team is very much in sync. If a team is not in sync, I highly recommend shooting new and taking <laughs> care of it early. But if a team is on top of you and that happens, there's not much you can do because the damage is done by the time the ultimate you know, activates on the ground. Yeah. This is a big change. I think it will really nerf this ability. Um, my question will be, can you get enemies pulled in before grenades explode so that you still do achieve the damage? Yeah, I think yeah. that's the kind timing. of the, There's a gray area mm -hmm. between when the damage is done, which could explode new, and how and where enemies are going to be able to be and potentially get out of it. So there's a little bit of gray area, but I think the takeaway, like you summarized, is... This is a nerf mm -hmm. to that ability. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, it'll be interesting to monitor. Uh, Watson, improvements to perimeter security placement system. Uh, haven't gotten to check that out yet personally. Um, we'll probably report back on the Watson stuff whenever we inevitably get into high levels of ranked and end up trying Watson again because we're feeling sad about getting gunned down by everyone. Uh, Newcastle, though. Fun stuff here. Uh, we talked about a nerf all the way through. Let's talk about a buff all the way through. Uh, passive Retrieve the Wounded. They increased the move speed during revive by 25%. They reduced the turn slow while reviving by 50%. They increased white knockdown shield health from 150 to 200. Increased the blue knockdown shield health from 250 to 300. On the mobile shield, they increased the HP from 350 to 500. They doubled the max movement speed. And for the castle wall, they added the turns to the turn slow to electrical barrier effects and increased the severity of the slow effects to movement. Uh, so overall, Newcastle got some love. Uh, a legend I think you and I have actually been pretty positive about overall outside of the lack of popularity. And so this is a pretty 
cool one to see. Uh, I'm not going to go out here and tell you that, you know, Newcastle is going to replace Gibraltar like you'll see some people say on Twitter. Um, but I definitely think this guy got a lot more playable. And what he's good at, he's now better at, which is really nice to see for those lower pick rate, lower popularity legends, in my opinion. Totally. I think that now that we're seeing Gold Knockdown have the the added armor and health effect, like the gold backpack used to have, you definitely want your Newcastle to have that, mm-hmm. and Newcastle is even better at using it. I definitely had experience last season only having a common knockdown and just getting it fried, yeah. getting my down teammate and myself killed in the process. So I think those hit points are definitely going to be nice. The movement speed is very nice. I think the ultimate is very powerful, still is. The tactical here is, I think, the shocker yeah. mm-hmm. that it is now a substantially more powerful ability than it was, and I didn't think it really needed mm-hmm. any buff. So that's something to maybe revisit if you put Newcastle aside, is bring back that tactical into your play, mm-hmm. and you may be very impressed with its effectiveness at protecting you at range mm-hmm. and closing the gap in urban fights and close quarters because it's a lot better. Yeah. Now. What I will say is I don't think these changes changed how you played Newcastle. You're just better now as no. the Newcastle. So if you want the details, mm-hmm. check out our Mastering Newcastle Legends episode from last season uh, where you got all the deets on how to push with that mobile shield and such. Um, I think my only thing here I want to say is... Uh, I'm excited to see if after these changes and 100 Thieves' success with Newcastle in the ALGS, if uh, he hits up the pro scene or high levels of ranked a bit more. That's kind of my one thing I'm focused on with this. Speaking of another legend, though, that uh, has somehow entered the pro scene and now is getting a buff. So let's see how this uh, happens. Mad Maggie, Riot Drill. Uh, The projectile launch speed was doubled on the Riot Drill. Well, let's talk about the Wrecking Ball. The Wrecking Ball will travel twice as far while dropping the same amount of magnets. The duration was increased from 5 seconds to 10 seconds. The magnetic spawn delay de- increased from 0.4 seconds to 0.8 seconds. And the Wrecking Ball will deal damage to enemy placeable objects, Black Market, Castle Walls, uh, Exhibits, Sears, Death Totem, Mobile Shield, Black Hole, Amped Cover, Gas Barrels. It will also destroy Gibraltar's Dome of Protection. Fix the Wrecking Ball, not blinding and slowing enemies as well. I think this is a pretty dang big buff to Maggie and a nice buff. Uh, And I think everyone's going to focus in on that. Destroys Gibraltar's Dome of Protection. It's the big one because we talked about the tactical being able to counter it to an extent and not doing so effectively. This is kind of the first thing that hard counters Gibraltar's Dome of Protection outside of a crypto EMP. you know, the thing it's got going for it, as always, is it takes an ultimate to counter a tactical, which is a nice thing for Gibraltar, uh, to say the least. But what do you think? Are we going to be seeing a Maggie meta at all? Do you think she works her way in? We've already kind of forced it a little yeah. bit on the third party side of things. There was a lot of Maggie play at the end of last season. <laughs> Yeah, I think these were changes that we weren't anticipating. What we've kind of been calling for in order to make Maggie more relevant is just make the passive even more. Uh, Just double down. If she's the shotgun legend, make her way better uh, than she currently is. I think you hit the ultimate like head on. I will add the tactical. It's an interesting ability because 
if you have a team in like one of the small train cars or a very small building, you can do a ton of damage, collateral damage across the whole team and really force them to use heels or a bat. But most of the time, you're going to be using it if somebody's having cover around a corner, around a rock, and it's not going to do a whole lot of damage because they're going to get hit by it and move. And before, the travel time and the projectile speed were so slow that maybe they weren't even behind that cover anymore by the time it ignited. Now I think you're going to be able to do even more damage and deny cover faster, which is a huge plus in her abilities. I agree 100%. Um, Rampart. Rampart got some changes. Now ignores friendly collision on amped cover placement. So placing walls around teammates will feel more smooth. Uh, Rampart mains rejoice, Henry. You're the fellow Rampart main around here. (laughs) Huge quality of life change. Like having to, to ask people to get out of the way, especially in tense situations where enemies are on, you want to block a door. This is, this is Mm -hmm. big. And Something that I didn't even know was possible. So I'm glad that it was possible and now we yeah. have it. Uh, Mirage got a change. Mirage decoys will now be scanned by Valk when skydiving. Mirage decoys will now be picked up by Sears Heartseeker. And they fixed a bug where Mirage decoys were picked up by Sears Exhibit as AI and not players. Uh, I love the Mirage love. I almost look at these as like quality of life things for Mirage. Though, like these should have been in the game already for a while. Um, I do think the Heartseeker thing's a little weird because that's some really advanced holotech Mirage has going on. If that includes a heartbeat uh, on the holographic uh, copy, but overall, cool stuff. And uh, Mirage fans, someday maybe we'll get the meta. Yeah, it's it's so interesting how Mirage kind of counters recon that you think you're getting information, but Mirage is able to add incorrect information yeah. out there. Um, it's interesting. You know, we, we think about how does that feel from the Mirage standpoint? They may not even know what's happening. How do you know if you're confusing an yeah. enemy? Um, is sometimes tough to know, but Mirage is fun to play. He's still needs some love in order to get to the top. But like we've said for a long time, you can use him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we probably don't want a Mirage mm-hmm. meta um, because his decoys are good. There's no joke. Like If you want to be good at Mirage, just use yeah. him because you will bamboozle people and you will get the first shots mm-hmm. on because of his abilities. Last but not least, on the legend changes, Revenant, the death totem will now show a placement preview when activated instead of placing immediately. I love this change so much, Henry. We talked about how placing the ultimate was such a skillful thing because of the immediacy of the activation. Having this as well, I think, just makes Rev just a teeny little bit easier to play, which is really nice. Yeah, it is easier, and totem placement is so important to make sure that it's protected. And now that you can aim that placement, definitely an improvement. We have some crafting updates to talk about. uh, First of which, maybe one of my favorite changes of the season, team use harvesters. When any player interacts with a material harvester, all players in their team will be given the materials. Such a great feeling to uh, be on the crafting and see your stuff increase rather than having to go run away to go grab it. Uh, They also removed hammer points from base crafting and added it 
to the RE45 weapon craft. So you get them together now. When you craft an RE45, it comes with hammer points. And then the other kind of highlight, I think, is Henna V Energy and Sniper Mag. The price uh, increased from uh, increased to 35 from 25. So a little bit more expensive to get your mags, which is something of note. Uh, what are your thoughts, though, on the crafting changes? They're solid. I think that they're in line with what was needed uh, in terms of the ammo. And, man, those materials being able to be shared is awesome. It's going to give you more materials overall on a per-game basis. It's going to speed up all of your replicating needs. Um, it's great because like we've been harping on probably since season 11, the harvester is very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And now it's even easier to use and you definitely should be using yeah, it. 100%. Uh, map changes, public rotation. It's going to be Kings Canyon, World's Edge, and Storm Point. And the replicators and crafting materials have been rebalanced across the maps. I'm really excited to see what that means and if we actually notice that in certain POIs. Here's the big one that snuck into the patch notes, though. Ring adjustments. So ring one and damage increased from 2 to 3 HP a tick, which is equivalent to old ring two. Uh, or is equivalent to ring two, and ring one pre-shink time decreased from 180 seconds to 60 seconds, and the ring one closing time changed on each map. So from Kings Canyon went from 410 to 432, from World's Edge 342 to 432, Storm Point 415 to 435, and Olympus 410 to 432. Um, I think I sent you during this recording one of our favorite influencers kind of reaction to the ring stuff. This is the one that's taking a lot of people's attention right now. Mainly that 180 to 60 seconds is what I imagine is big because what this does is shifts the time it takes to play a game of Apex Legends. The time you have the loot, the time you have the rotate, you have to do things quicker. You have to get to zone faster than before uh, by a pretty drastic measure. Like this isn't like a... Like, hey, you went from, you know, 180 to 140, 180 to 60. Like, this is way different. Uh, we've, I think, even felt it early on in our games as well, where we've gotten in some uh, ring one fights. Do you like it, though? Or where do you kind of stand early on? I, this could also be one of those changes you see reverted real quick, uh, potentially, depending on the reaction. I, I think you're right in that. It is drastic. And when you couple the time with the damage mm -hmm. change, so now ring one is ring two damage, it means you can't fight on the edge of the map uh, like you used to. And you're going to feel this the most at Skulltown or Relic um, because there's going to be a lot of teams mm -hmm. there and you're going to find yourself in the ring if you don't get the ring to yeah. pull uh, your way. What this is going to level out to is round one will end a hundred seconds faster than it used to is pretty much how it's going to level out that starting the ring shrink two minutes earlier and then slowing down the shrink just a little bit is definitely pushing the momentum of the game where you need to rotate faster you need to loop faster and you can't take you know those third and fourth parties as much as you may like mm -hmm. to um my girlfriend loves to fight in the <laughs> ring in round one, and you can, I don't think you can do that uh, as much, and I don't think heat shields will be enough to keep you safe, uh, given the fact that more teams will be rotating early and waiting for people that don't fit yeah. the mold. So be careful about this, because I think it's a meaningful change. I'm excited to see kind of like why 
This would have been such an interesting thing yeah, to get a yeah. dev note for, uh, specifically is why they did this change, because I think it really shifts how you play Apex, which is a big deal, <laughs> you know, whenever you change the core of the game. Uh, so I'm fascinated if we hear anything on this one. Uh, some quality of life changes we'll go through real quick. They added the ability to use uh, tap to interact prompts when they conflict with hold. Uh, for example, reloading near down teammates is a lot more reliable on controller. Man, 14 seasons coming uh, on that quality of life change. Thank you for that one. And vending machines in Big Mod now have buyer protection. So kind of the same, like you craft something in the replicator, you have X amount of time before uh, someone else can grab it. I haven't had anything swiped for me personally, but you're more of a Big Mod guy than I am. And I know you've experienced it. So two nice little quality of life changes for sure. Yep, yep, yep. I was going to wrap up this show though, everyone. Those are our season 14 release reactions thanks so much to our producer of the third party 10 who supports us on patreon subscribe on apple pods drop a follow on spotify and check out the discord via the link in the description thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast we'll catch you next time peace hey now another squad coming in boom whole squad down Maybe tomorrow.